0: Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit HelloFreedomChurch.com.
1: Amen. Well, welcome, everyone. It's so good to be with you. My name is Jared, one of the pastors here at Freedom Church. Welcome to all you tuning in online, as well as our Crookston family out there in Crookston, Minnesota. God bless you. So good to have you with us this morning. And so I'm really delighted and honored to, to introduce someone who's going to be our guest speaker uh, this morning, really excited for what he has to share. Uh, we talked about uh, in that closing song, Everlasting God. He's, has, he isn't everlasting, but he's definitely uh, been there. <laughs> he's been 17 years in the pastorate in Iowa and in Colorado. He's been ordained in the Assemblies of God. He's spoken here of freedom in times past, a handful of times. So he, he knows us, and he's been a, a, a welcome guest speaker here before. He has his doctorate. Missiology from Fuller Theological Seminary. As of 2020, he currently works at a ministry in Colorado Springs called Every Home for Christ. Uh, but none, all of those things pale in comparison to him being the father of our very own Jack Shaw, Amen, and Reagan, Reagan Lang. So why, why don't you give me a help me just introduce David Shaw to the stage? Why don't you welcome him up? Thank you so much, Pastor. Appreciate that.
0: What an introduction, huh? to, um, (laughs) to come. We, we, uh, I I know a lot of you, some of you, um, I've met years ago when we've done mission trips and things of that nature. And it's just great to see that you're still connected and God is using you. And, um, it's just an honor to come to freedom. When I was asked, Hey, would you be willing? I think before the question was even fully came out, I said, yes, yes, I'm there. Um, we love freedom church. We, we love your pastors. Uh, Pastor Nathan and Mary, and can I just say this? It's so great of you as a church to 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 just freely say, yeah, go and be on a sabbatical where they can be re-energized, and, and, and God is just pouring into them during this time, and and when they come back to see where God's going to take the church. I think it's so great for a church to do that. Again, we, we love Freedom Church, we love your pastors. And one of the reasons that we have five family members that that attend Freedom Church, that are members of Freedom Church, and two of those are our favorite family members. Um, so I'll let you guess kind of who those two are. Um, not necessarily the ones that were mentioned earlier, um, but we have, uh, we just, we love, um we love Freedom Church and uh, for us to be here today. Hey, I want to jump right into the message um, that, that I'm preparing uh, that God would really have a share. Matter of fact, this the series on full strength, I, I'm picking up where Pastor Jared left off last week, and it's kind of kind of an exciting thing. You know, when you think of the word full strength, I, I'm, a, I'm a Marine, all right? I mean, I, I'm always a Marine. Uh, once you're a Marine, always a Marine. And uh, we would use the terminology, all hands on deck right? All, all hands on deck. Everybody is needed. So when we're thinking about, about full strength um, or all hands on deck, that means there's not anybody who's not important in, in, in the group. So like in the Marine Corps, we, we, it's a little bit different than other branches of service, and no disrespect to any branches of the service, but in the Marine Corps, there's only one job, and, and the one job that we all have is that we're the basic rifleman or, or the person that's ready to go into combat. Every single Marine. Matter of fact, we have this number. It's called 0311. Everyone's a basic rifleman. Everybody, That that's their one job. Matter of fact, every year you have to qualify To make sure that you could still be and do the job of an 0311, don't matter what your other jobs would be, you have to do this job. And if you could not qualify, then you would be discharged or kicked out because there's only one job and that was taking care of the mission. And when I, you know, put it this way. So when I was there our job I was in 0311 I was I was a basic rifleman but I had an, another job I had another specialty that I did and I was a cook all right Now 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 besides what you've probably heard or believe it's probably not the most prestigious job if you believe that um, but I love cooking I never I never was hungry are you with me um, and and I, I enjoyed being a cook I I was a cook I would say this without us the elite didn't eat right so, so I was proud and I'm proud, but my main job was I'm a rifleman. And that my, my, friend, uh, Jack, okay, my, my friend Jack, okay, my friend Jack, he had a very impressive title. He was uh, uh, the NBC Specialist Nuclear Biological Chemical Warfare Specialist. Sounds pretty impressive, right? simply this is what he did. He, he, uh, he, he uh, kind of qualified us to, with the, we had to understand how to use our gas masks, really. So he'd put us in a tent and put tear gas in and we'd have to learn. That was his job. Important little title, right? NBC sounds important, but, but that was his job. But he was a basic rifleman as well. My, my friend Ken, we called him Red. Uh, you probably guessed it because he has red hair. All right, so so red. He was. Um, I really don't know what red did. I just knew he worked in the office. I, I don't know exactly his daily activities, but but he he worked. I knew I got paid every every month, right? So I was happy. Maybe he did that. He worked in the office and did some office office things as well. But his main job was he was an 0311. He was a combat. When I think of the church, I think of the church similar to the Marine Corps, that we all have one job. We all have one job, and that is to advance the kingdom of God, to, to see the fulfillment of his mission. His mission is to, to restore, redeem all mankind. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to do that. Our job is to make sure as many people know that as possible. Now, that's our main job, just like an 0311. Now, we may have other skill sets that we do. We may have other ways that we serve. And I wanna say this just at the very beginning is that we are all wanted, we, we are all needed, and we find the church, we're on mission, just like, just like our military. We are on a mission, and each day, that the day as days go by, we're continually doing the mission. Now, throughout scripture, we read of the church being referred to in different ways. So in the Greek, the, the word "ecclesia," which is, that's where we get the word church or assembly from, which simply means the called out ones. If you're a Christian, you have been called out. Not only have you been called out, but you've been called out to active duty. When we talk about full strength, all of us are called to do something. Uh, another description is the flock, because Jesus is our shepherd, or we're the family of God, because God is our Father. We're the people of God. Uh, we're the army of God. You heard that? I, I prefer the Marine Corps of God, but it's not in the Bible, but are you with me? It's just, but we're the, the army of God. Um, we are the bride of Christ. I love that. And like any bride, a bride's job is to brag about her bridegroom, Right? And that's our job, is the bride of Christ. And then there's the body of Christ. the bi- And I'm gonna, I really want to hit on that today. I want to talk and di- kind of dissect that a little bit today. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Not some of you, not, not just the, the good-looking ones, or the, the wealthy ones, or the educated ones, but we're all Part of the body of Christ in Ephesians it says this. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we grow to become in every respect the mature body of Him who is the head, that is Christ. So, so we're the body, but Jesus is the head. Are you understanding the illustration that He's putting up? So, if you are a Christian, you are a part of the body of Christ. You are part of the ecclesia, the called out ones. To fulfill your mission. In your part in the mission, of God. So last week Pastor Jared um, shared about the spiritual gifts. We're going to get into that a little bit today. But I want to pick it up where he left off in First Corinthians chapter twelve. If you have your your Bibles, and if not, um, it, you know it's kind of. in First Corinthians is in the second half of the Bible. If you want to look, if you're just trying to figure out where that is, if you have a digital Bible, it's really easy just to, to click on that. First Corinthians chapter twelve. If you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back for you today. Please just pick one up, and on your way out, it's free. Go ahead and take it if you need a Bible. First Corinthians chapter twelve. You got that, Crookston? First Corinthians chapter twelve. Okay, if you're there, this is, let me read this, verses 12 through 20, and this will be our our text for today. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for some reason stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body was an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Today, I want to title my message, Getting into Shape getting into shape. We, we all think, you know, and, that, and I know North Dakota is known for people that are, are always outdoors and, and in shape. Just like I'm from Colorado, people are known about that, uh, of getting into shape. And most of you know that, that our physical bodies, when we're in shape, what happens? We eat better. We sleep better. We make better decisions. We feel better about ourselves. Is, am, I, am I correct in here? And here's the reason why, is because when we exercise, our body releases a chemical called endorphins. And these endorphins just shoot off, and and it makes you feel, matter of fact, some people would even compare endorphins to the feeling that people take when they have morphine. It just, all the pain goes away, things just feel good. So when you're exercising your physical body, these endorphins, and it makes you wanna do more exercise. It's the way God created it in the body of Christ as we are exercising our faith, if you will. If we are doing our part, then there's feelings I would call these spiritual endorphins that God allows us to feel that says, you know, I could keep going. I want to keep going. I want to keep doing what God's called me to do. And we make better decisions. We, we, our time is spelt better. We, 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 I would say we even eat better spiritually because when, those, when we're exercising our faith, we want to get more into the word of God and we're taking that in. My question this morning for you to think about yourself is what kind of shape is the body of Christ in today, particularly the part of the body that you serve in or what God's called you to do? So according to our text, we're all part of the body of God, and God has placed us there in that body. We're not the same. Uh, Some are ears, some are eyes, some are mouths, Uh, but what kind of health is your part? I want you to think about that today. Oh, oh, yes, the body can survive without a foot, but, but the body of Christ will limp. It, it can survive without an eye, but we'd have blurred vision. We wouldn't really see what God would want us to do. We could live without an ear, but then we wouldn't really hear clearly what God is saying. We could live without a hand, but then that would prevent us from really serving where God wants us to serve. We're all part what, how healthy is your part? Now, real quickly, I want to talk about three reasons why, 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 why maybe we don't participate or why, why we're not all hands on deck or we're not feeling at full strength, the reasons why the church. Number one would be this, would be insecurity, insecurity. We don't feel that we're good enough. We, we don't think that we have skills or gifts to share. Can I tell you that that's not the truth? You, you have everything God wants you to have right now to be used. But we're insecure. I remember when I was doing my, my, my research for my dissertation, I was interviewing this, 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 um, this sister in Christ. She was probably in her mid-40s, and I was talking to her and interviewing her about her activities at Christ. And she says, I don't serve. And, and she goes, even when I'm made to serve, she goes, I make sure I do something where I don't interact with anybody. And I asked her why, and she went on, and she's telling me about her lifestyle. She, she said this, she goes, my, my former sinful lifestyle, everybody in the community knows that's the way I used to live, therefore, I don't wanna bring shame to Jesus because people would kinda of connect me with that. And I'm like, oh, you don't understand. That, that, that gives glory to God, how he could change your life. But she saw it, but she was just insecure, are you with me? Very, very insecure. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old is gone, the new is here. So don't worry about your background. Don't worry about your past. Don't worry about those things. God wants to use you because you are a new creation and God could use you. The second thing is this. Now, I know this. I put this in for the, the second service because I know nobody in here has this issue. and, and Crichton, this isn't anybody for you. But in the second service, there might be people, and that is the word selfishness. They're selfish. We know we have skills to offer, but we think that we're too good or that we have a feeling that, hey, I did my time, let somebody else do it. I've already served. Can I say this? Um, there is no retirement from working in the kingdom of God. There's no retirement. Now, you could take some PTO, all right? You could take some time off. That's okay. Refresh a little bit, but you got to get back in the game. I remember in pastoring in my first pastorate in Northern California, we, we were doing a, a yard sale, community yard sale for BGMC. Right, we wanted to raise money for the children's missionary, and and we, I, I this lady in the church, I won't share her name, but I, I see her face right now, and I kind of get, um, I, it just comes back, um. But I said, hey, can you help? We, we, we want you to help. We want you to sign up for the yard sale. We're making money. She goes, Pastor, I've done that before. You know, she goes, I don't want to. I've been, I've already done so much of that before. She goes, can I just write you a check? And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, God loves a cheerful giver. But Pastor Dave loves any type of giver. So, yeah, I write a check. okay. You, you, you write a check, uh, but I still need you to serve. And I remember this lady. She said that she goes. You know what? I've been in church longer than you've been alive. There's nothing you could teach me. Hmm. Hope nobody's like. That. I know nobody's like. Maybe it's that, put it in for the second service, okay? But this this is what Romans twelve three says. This is for the for by the grace given me. I say to every one of you. Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. God wants to use us all. Again, no retirement. But here's the third reason, and I think the third reason is probably what a lot of us maybe, and I'm gonna kind of dissect this a little bit more, and that is the word we're just unaware. Well, we don't know how God has shaped us for ministry. And and we may be unaware that that we're even needed. Let me tell you, you're needed. Not only are are, are you gifted and you have gifts to use in the kingdom of God here at Freedom Church, but you're wanted as well. You you are wanted. But we don't know how God has shaped us. God has shaped us all for ministry. 1 Corinthians 1 says this, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be, uninformed that the original Greek word there is Agnowel, which means ignorant or without knowing so the Bible is saying I want you to be aware that you have spiritual gifts that you have a calling that I have shaped you for ministry so let's go ahead and look at we're going what I'm going to do I'm, the time that I have left we're going to dissect the word shape if you will. Okay, the first one is spiritual gifts. Now, now, Pastor Jared did a great job last week talking. I won't spend a ton of time on this. But the S is spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. Now, each one, uh, now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Everyone, every single person has been given. If you're a Christian, you have been given a spiritual gift. You may just have one, but you have one. Every believer has a spiritual gift. Now, it, it, let, let's go ahead and put this table up on, on the screen here. This is, just, this is just some of the passages of Scripture that talk about spiritual gifts. You can take a picture of it or you want to see it later. I can give it to you later. But, but you know, at, at first we got Ephesians 4.11. It talks about the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers. These here are what we call the equipping gifts, if you will. These these people are called to equip the church to do the work of the kingdom. They're called to do that. I'm sure Pastor Nathan, Pastor Jared have served in all of those from one time or another. I know I have right? That, that, that you're an apostle, you're a prophet, you're an evangelist, pastor, teacher. But if you go on in Romans, there's prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving. Are you, are you with me? You keep going on these different things. And Pastor Jared talked last week about all these gifts are for, for what God wants you to say or what God wants you to do. The speaking or serving gifts. There's all kinds of gifts. And it's up to you to figure out what that is. It's up to you to say, well, what is this gift that I need to have? I remember in my, when I was associate pastor, there was a lady in church, and she was just critical all the time. Anytime we did something, she would be critical, and she would complain about it. And, and I told our pastor one day, I'm like, oh, man, that woman is so critical. She, she has no gifts to serve. And then she's just, and he corrected me, no, no, no. She's a believer. She has a gift. As a matter of fact, he said, David, her gift is probably administration, and she sees everything that we're doing incorrectly, but she's just exhibiting her gift in a negative way. Are you with me? But she, she, she probably has a gift of administration, so maybe we need to, to, to come back around and allow her to use that gift the way God would want her to do, and she was just, it was coming out, um, just to let you know, there is no gift of criticality up there, Okay. They're just, just in case you're like, hey, that's my gift. No, maybe it's administration. Let's try to rehone that for you um, a little bit. Now, if I could stand on my soapbox just for a second. This is my soapbox. You will notice up there there's no gift of, of tithing up there. Because we're all called to tithe. Even though there is the gift of giving, there's a gift of generosity. Are you with me? But we're all called to give. Some people just have more propensity that they're able to do it. There's also not a gift of evangelism up there. There's a gift of the evangelist, are you with me? Who equips the church to do evangelism, because we're all called to evangelize. Are you with me? So so don't say, hey, I don't have that gift, so I don't have to do it. Are you, okay? No, it's just we need to really, and that's why we don't want to be ignorant about those. So if you're saying, hey, I just don't know... What my spiritual gift is, hey, and here, here, here's a website I want you to look at. It's, it's uh, giftstest.com. You could easily go out there, take an assessment real quick. I did this, and here, here are my giftedness. One is evangelist. Number two gift is teaching. Number three is apostleship, then exhortation. And, and I think I'm doing that in my life. I'm like, okay, that's how I'm going to serve God in my life. Now, mind you, if I would have took this when I first became a Christian, it it would not have had those. Because in time, God's given me extra gifts and abilities. When you get my age, you probably have a lot, right? (laughs) But when you're starting out, maybe it's just a couple and you figure out what that is. And, you know, the number, the, the H of this, let's go through this kind of quickly, is the word heart. In Psalms 37, it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The Bible uses the term heart to describe a bundle of desires, hopes, interests, ambitions, dreams, the affections you have. That's why we say, I love you with all my heart, right? Because our heart is that passion and desire. The Bible also says, as a face is reflected in water, so the heart reflects a person. Our heart tells us who we want to be. In the same way, God has given each of us a unique emotional heartbeat that races when we think about a certain subject or people or a circumstance, a, an area of interest. We we instinctively care about some things, and we don't care about other things. Like, how can you not care about that? Because God's giving you a heart for this. That's why I don't have time for this. Does that make sense? You probably know what your heart beats for. I remember when I was first, when I was just a brand new Christian. Any time the pastor would do an altar call and people would give their life to Jesus. I would just tear up. I would just cry. You know, it was kind of embarrassing. I'm like, why am I crying? I don't know why. Because God's given me a heart for the lost people. God's given me a heart because I was lost and I know what God's done in my life. And I would just tear up. God has given you a heart for certain things in your life. Consider the three ways in which your God has really directed your heart. Uh, a passion for a role, like what would you like to do? Or a passion for, for a specific people. Who, who, who do you like to help, or a passion for a cause, what would you like to see changed in the world? That's what, and God's given us a heart for those things. Let's go on. A is abilities. First Corinthians 12, 6 says, there are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God working. So God's given us all these different abilities, but it's the same God. I think one of the most common excuses people say for not serving the church is, well, I don't have nothing to offer. I'm not good at anything. And, and uh, there, there's, a, there's a spiritual word um, for that, and it's called hogwash. Okay? <laughs> it, it, it's, it, you're, you, no. You, you, everybody has a spiritual gift. You have at least one. God has done that. Matter of fact, research has said that, that most people possess an, an average between 500 and 700 different skills and abilities. So you're not, I know right now you're counting, like how many, so maybe you just need to catch up, okay? But every ability can be used for the glory of God. Paul says, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Everything that we do, God has placed in the church everybody to do everything that needs to be happen. If things aren't happening in the church, maybe God has given you the ability to do that and he's waiting for you to step up and say, I could do that. So you ask, what am I able to do? What does God want me to do? Uh, now, now, let me, if I went back to those things, um, when I say God has not given the gift of evangelism, but there are certain people that have a propensity, if you will, in evangelism, right? I, I, I think I'm one of those. I have an, I, I, I don't know a stranger. My friend Jack, right? My friend Jack, I would say he has the gift of an evangelist. Because, because he he there's not a stranger wherever we go, there's not somebody he just knows how to talk to people. He has this gift, right? I think I have that gift. So it's an ability that God's given me. So when I say people aren't gifted with evangelism, evangelism is not a gift, but there are people who have an ability to speak and be bold. Are you with me on that? What has God given you? Maybe it's teaching, maybe it's writing, maybe it's editing, maybe it's construction, maybe it's counseling. Maybe it's artistic design. Maybe you know other languages, so it's linguistics. Or maybe it's managing or recruiting or planning or research or greeting or this spiritual gift. Maybe you're a barista. You have that ability. I believe there's going to be baristas in heaven. I'm praying that there's baristas in heaven. (laughs) Maybe it's cleaning. Maybe it's technology. Maybe it's singing. You know what? I love to sing, but I don't have the ability. That's why you don't see me up here leading worship. I love singing, but again, I know my abilities, and I don't have the ability to lead out like that. Maybe it's playing an instrument. Maybe it's driving somebody. Maybe it's gardening. Maybe it's supervising. Maybe it's visiting. What ability did God give you? The P that we're looking at today. So we've got S-H-A-P is our personalities. Look at this. Psalm 139 says... For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. Get this, because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. God has created us all differently. We're, we're, it says it's fearfully and wonderfully made. Think about. I want you to think about that. Tell yourself right now in your mind, I am wonderfully made. You're wonderfully made. God has knit you together, and it's obvious. Just look around you right now. Just look that God did not create mankind with a cookie cutter. Look around. All right? He's created some good looking people and he's created some not so good looking people. Okay? So look next to you, look to the left and right. If those two people are good looking, all right? Just, 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 I just want, I just, all right? But we're not cookie cutters. God is not good. Co- Matter of fact, let's just look at this. I, I, I think there, and you, there's not a wrong or right personality, right? Let's just look at some of the Bible characters. Andrew was open-minded. Bartholomew, he was composed. James was a fanatical compared to the other James who was very, very quiet. John was passionate. Uh, Judas was a traitor, right? Jude was intense. Matthew was very humble. Peter was impulsive, <laughs> All right. Can you imagine Peter working in the nursery? That's probably not the best place for Peter to work. Are you with me? All right. Philip was inquisitive. Simon the zealot was strong-willed. Thomas was a pessimist. Again, personality. Barnabas was an encourager. What personality do you have? What, what is that character that kind of comes out? It's just your personality of who you wanna be. Our personality will inform us of what ministry to serve in and which ones may not be that we're cut out for. <laughs> I remember right after we got out of the Marine Corps, um, I was serving at church and they wanted volunteers to, to work in the parking lot ministry. We had a parking lot, you had to guide people in and out. Oh, I'll do that, I just wanted to serve. Um, I realized I did not have the personality as a Marine to work in the parking lot ministry because when I told people go there and they went there, I couldn't handle that. I'm like, no, I told you to go there. Why are you parking over there? Uh, David, you may need to be in another ministry. All right. You may need to, to go and do something. All right. But that's our personality. And then we have this and that we're going to end with this one. That's our experiences. So so we got our spiritual gifts, we have our heart, we have our ability, our personality, and then we'll end with, to, uh, to understand our shape, is our experiences. Romans 8.28 says this, And we know that God causes all things to work together for the good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. All things are for God's purpose. You have been shaped by your experiences in life. All of your experiences, God has shaped you. You look at some, like the young lady that I spoke to in Northern California for my research project, those experiences God wanted to use in her life. Use where she was to where God has brought her to. Think about these five kind of experiences from your past, and these are things that God could use in ministry. How about just your ministry experience? How have you served God in the past? Your work experience, what jobs have you had that's been most effective and most enjoyable for you? How about your educational experience? What were your favorite subjects in school? Where where did you excel in? Your spiritual experiences, what have you been most meaningful to you when you're spending time with God? And let's not forget about this one, your painful experiences. From what problems, hurts, or thorns and trials have you gone through that you've learned through? Now, I don't know about you, but but it's been my experience that, that most grief counselors that I know have gone through grief in themselves in their past. And they're using that experience and that pain to help other people go through grief. What experiences do you have that you could use for the kingdom of God? Myself, I grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. I, I, I know some of you kind of know that every, every weekend I was out knocking on doors selling Watchtower and Awake magazines and today my life what God is using he's using that experience I traveled the country and now I'm going to be traveling internationally to teach Christians how to share their faith some of that is knocking on doors God uses an experience does that make sense uh, to you? If I if I can just for a minute, I want to j- just talk about my son Jack. You know when he was when he was about fifth grade, sixth grade, um, he he just he really wanted to serve in church. You know, and I remember we we had a brand new church building and we rewired the whole church building um, back in 2010 for streaming live video. And Jack wanted to be a part of that. You know how Jack was a part of that? He held the ladder for me when I was ringing, I'm doing the wire. He was just there. He was just there, held, held, held the ladder for me. And, um, you know, he really didn't do much, but he was there. He was present, right? And then when we got the, everything set up, we got the cameras, everything set up, he wanted to run the cameras and everything. So what I had him do, I said, you could turn everything on, all right? That was his experience. He turned everything on. And, and his job was done, but that's how he did it, okay? Once he got into middle school, then he started running the cameras. He started running the live stream. He started running the soundboard. I was here in June. You know what Jack had me do? Hey, Dad, I need your help. And we rewired this entire building with cable, right? I'm taking instructions from him now. He used an experience, and now he's using, he rewired and put all kinds of sound system. He, he he the, the, being, being the, the tech, are you with me? Are you, are you, am I making sense here that you'll do this? It's just that, but you start off with an experience, Remember, I told you about my friend red right I'm like, i 'm like i don't know what what Red did. I knew his new work. To, he worked in the office and, and it was great, you know um, but but that 's what he did at the very beginning. Red spent over thirty years in the Marine Corps, and when he ended his Marine Corps tour, his Marine Corps career, he was a regimental sergeant major he 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 worked directly next to. James Mattis in the Marine Corps. The, the only position higher than than than, than Redwood have achieved would have been Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. He was at the highest level, mind you. He didn't start there, and I think sometimes we got to understand experience. We need experience. Sometimes we want to start. I want to be the pastor on stage, right? I want to do this. Or that. We got to start somewhere. And in time, God will give you more gifts and more gifts. Can we have the the worship team come back up at this time as we begin to close? God wants you, wants the church to be at full strength. God wants to use you. There's not one person here that God does not wanna use. There's not one person here that doesn't have a gift. There's not one person here that doesn't have a heart and a passion to do something for the kingdom of God. You have abilities, your personality, and you have experience that God wants to use. So as a worship team comes up today, I, I have three prayer invitations for you. One is this. Maybe today's message was just a, what we call a confirmation. You, you've been sitting in, you're like, yeah, I know. God's been telling me I got to get up out of my seat. I got to start serving. Praise God. Use this as confirmation. I want to pray that over you today as as we go to prayer and we start thinking about that. Number two may be invitation. Maybe you're like, well, I didn't know the church needed me. I I didn't know that all these things inside me that God wanted to use. Take this as an invitation. God is inviting you to do your part, to be for, for Freedom Church to be at full strength. Can we stand this morning? Matter of fact, I want to pray over those two things as you're standing. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we could look back and you, could, you, could, you, you have written out the plan, the desire of your heart that you want us to participate in. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, oh God. Lord, thank you, Lord, that, um, that, that you outlined that we're all important. that that you've gifted us. Lord, today for those that are saying, hey, this is just confirmation. It's time for me to get off the sidelines, be at full strength. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just embolden them, uh, not just to have a thought, but to put that thought into action, for them to jump in and for them to find their spiritual gift, whether it's taking the assessment or, or, or just reaching out to one of the pastors or leaders and saying, hey, how can I serve? this is confirmation. Lord, for those that just didn't know, for those in Crixton, Lord, I pray, this is an invitation for you to serve the body there in Minnesota. Lord, that, that, that the Crixton, Lord, I pray a special prayer, Lord, as an invitation for them to come on board and say, how can we serve to, 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 to serve this body of Freedom Church in Minnesota, Lord? Holy Spirit, Speak to our hearts today. But the next invitation is this. We have confirmation invitation, but what about salvation? It would be wrong for me to lift you here because I don't know everybody here. It's such a large crowd this morning. But if you're here today and you're saying, you know what? I've never, I've never really received. I never really put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ for my salvation. And if that's you today, I want to say a special prayer for you. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if that's you today, can you just raise your hand? Can you just say, hey, that's me. Can you just pray for me? Thank you. Thank you for that hand. There's one, there's two, there's three. Anybody else? Four, five, six. Lord Jesus, today, seven, thank you, Lord. Hmm, Jesus. Father God, we know this, is that you created us to have a relationship with you. It's all about you, but Lord, we know this, that that sin came in. We, we, We decided to go our own ways and do our own thing, and that caused a problem, but you answered that problem with Jesus Christ by sending him to earth to die for our sins. And now you offer that salvation you offer forgiveness as a free gift today. And today, Lord, seven people raise their hands saying, "I choose Jesus." Lord, be with them. Bless them. Lord, I pray for them as they raise their hand. That was their confession saying, "Yes, I want Jesus to lead my life." Lord, bless them today. We pray in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello
1: Freedom Church. Have a great week.